Hello, and welcome to your next episode of Fixing Fitness with Kelly, the show that serves up real talk about fitness with a focus on why traditional fitspo just doesn't serve women in their 30s. Let's talk about what we can really do to get results that make all the effort worth it. Get more on the website at kellymarieroach.com, including exclusive access to my head-to-toe mobility routine when you download my free guide to the five worst exercise cues in the fitness industry. And tune into the Kelly M. Roach YouTube channel for weekly videos offering fresh perspectives on fixing fitness topics. Hey, you guys, how's it going? Welcome back for season two, episode three. And I am pumped about today's episode because it was just one of those topics that as soon as my fingers hit the keyboard, it kind of just started coming out on its own, which always tells me that it's something that needs to be said. It's something that is probably pretty meaningful, um, something that's going to hit the right chord with a lot of different people. So um, today, as I'm sure you can tell based on the title, we're going to be diving back into habits. And you will hear me reference this a couple times throughout the episode I first introduced habits as a topic, as an aspect of well-rounded fitness at the very end of season one. But part of the reason today's episode is so interesting is I kind of have to backtrack on some of what I said in that episode. Not completely, but looking at it from a new angle, through a new perspective, I definitely have changed my own mind about habits in general, but particularly where they affect your fitness. So let's go ahead and jump into season two, episode three. At the end of season one, I spoke about effort, energy, and habits, and had a sort of chicken or the egg conversation with myself about which needed to come first to support the other two. By the end of that episode, I determined that habits have to form the foundation. Our habits determine how much energy we have, and how much energy we have determines how much effort we put into anything. When it comes to getting exercise and shopping for and cooking healthy meals, it's going to take effort. And if you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming that you're someone who actually wants to put in the effort, and you might just be struggling to figure out how to do that. My goal here is not to convince people that they should prioritize their health and fitness if they don't already. My goal is always to offer support and helpful insights to the people who already do so they can remove roadblocks and excel at their individual fitness goals. And to that end, I thought the topic of habits from the end of season one deserved a deeper dive, especially because, as it turns out, I got it wrong. What the self-help industry commonly refers to as habits might better be called routines. There is always a push to make goal-oriented behaviors easily repeatable, almost without thought. When you do something without thought, it is a habit. Think of all the things that you do automatically that you might have to ask yourself later whether you did it or not. Unplugging your flat iron when you're done using it reaching up to push the button on the garage door opener as you pull away from home, conditioning your hair in the shower, or turning off the stove when you remove the pot from the burner. From a 2017 article in Current Biology magazine, the author wrote, By definition, habits are representations of stimulus-response links that do not refer to goals and are, in a sense, directly elicited by the environmental states or stimuli or contexts. In another paper on how habits guide behaviors, the authors studied competing views on habits and habit formation. They said that 
Goals are motivational states that A, define a valued outcome, that B, energizes and directs action. For example, the goal of getting an A in class energizes late night studying. In contrast, context cues for habits reflect features of the performance environment in which the response typically occurs. For example, the college library as a setting for late night studying. Some prior research indicates that habits are activated automatically by goals, whereas others indicate that habits are activated directly by context cues with minimal influence of goals. What this article seems to suggest is that our habits are the things that we do automatically without thinking about them. And while it would be ideal to turn certain behaviors into habits so we don't waste valuable cognitive energy thinking about them or motivating ourselves to do them, there's little evidence that this is a common outcome. In other words, it's easy to automate the behavior of unplugging your flat iron when you're finished using it. It's not as easy to automate doing a workout every day. I've heard lots of ideas over the years for how to just automate even the first step so the rest will follow. Leave your workout clothes out where you can see them. Go straight to the gym after work instead of home. Fill your fridge with healthy foods so you start to reach for those first. But there are a few problems with these. First is that the outcome is not immediate. Habits that result from the stimulus response cycle form because of a reinforcing outcome. From that same current biology article I mentioned earlier, the authors explain that associative learning between stimulus and response is mechanistically bound together by the reinforcing action of the significant consequences of that response, such as food for a hungry animal. So what you're looking for in order to create a habit is that significant consequence of the subject's response. The example they give of food for a hungry animal means that the animal's hunger was immediately satiated. But it becomes more complicated when extra steps are needed after the initial response before there's any significant consequence. Let's use the workout clothes example. If the significant response you're looking for is to get dressed in your workout clothes, then yes, leaving them out where you can see them could trigger the response of putting them on. But most of us are certainly looking for more than that. If the act of putting on workout clothes motivates us to go work out, and that motivation is the reinforcement we need, then here again, it's possible that the simple habit of putting on our workout clothes when we see them could reinforce our motivation to exercise, thereby ensuring that we do. But I think this oversimplifies things based on what I said back at the end of season one. That episode came from the philosophy that effort, not motivation, is what gets us to do things. I suggested that motivation actually comes from external sources and that effort is just a different name for self-motivation. So when I'm looking at creating a habit to help trigger a behavior, I'm really asking myself if the stimulus response I'm creating is enough to trigger the self-motivation to perform the behavior. Because putting on my workout clothes doesn't automatically mean I'm going to go and exercise, right? But can it be enough consistently and repeatedly to make me want to direct my effort toward working out? Because if not, it's no good. It's also important here to look at what behaviors might need to be overcome or replaced by new behaviors. Let's look at the trope about filling your fridge with healthy foods. That's a great start. 
The theory here might be that if the stimulus is a fridge full of nutritious foods to eat, the response is that you'll reach for those and the significant reinforcing outcome is that your hunger is satisfied in a nutritious way. But how many of you open your fridge and automatically reach for whatever's on the shelf? Even if it's something ridiculously delicious, if you weren't already envisioning exactly what you wanted, you probably stand there for at least a millisecond and assess your options. And let's be real about this, your options are never limited to what's inside your refrigerator. So if one of your behaviors is that you order takeout on your night off, or after you've had a particularly grueling day, a fridge full of proteins, fruits, and vegetables isn't going to be enough to overcome that behavior. The significant reinforcing response of having hunger satisfied by healthy foods isn't going to win over the response of having your soul soothed by takeout. So I go through all of this to say that while habits might be a tidy way to look at things from a psychological perspective, talking about our behaviors and routines is a much more accessible way to look at things. Because behaviors and routines aren't automatic in the same sense that habits are. And since they're not automatic, they take some effort to organize and execute. And that episode at the end of season one was all about how we can find more energy to support putting effort into the things that matter to us. I thought that the answer was developing more habits, automating more of my life to reduce the cognitive load of making behavioral decisions. But as the scientific study I mentioned earlier suggested, goals are a motivational state that can direct our behaviors, but they seem to have significantly less impact on creation of habits. This would imply that we can't automate our behaviors when they are goal-oriented. We need to mentally check in to direct ourselves. So I think we need to turn instead to the idea of the significant consequence that could reinforce continuation of these goal-oriented behaviors. We've established that these are probably not going to be immediate enough to turn our behaviors into habits. So at what point do they at least become significant enough to make us desire and see the real benefits of continuing a behavior, such that it requires less effort to perform it? That, I think, is going to be highly individual. One person might notice better sleep within a couple of days of starting cardio training and be excited to continue while another might experience knee pain or shin splints and be presented with a new problem to contend with. Or these two people could be the same person and the outcome of improved sleep is significant enough that needing to investigate the source of the aches and pains is still worth it. There was a lot of dense stuff in this episode to digest, so let's wrap it up here and break down some key takeaways. Number one, The idea that we can form habits to automate our behaviors that will help us pursue our goals is likely flawed. Goal-oriented behaviors probably can't be fully automated. Number two, we need to identify the significant outcome we are looking for that will be enough to reinforce a behavior. This, and not automation, is what will help us reduce the level of effort it takes to keep performing that behavior. And number three, ultimately, reducing the cognitive load required to direct our efforts toward a goal is what can leave us with more energy and make it easier to take on our goals alongside the rest of our busy lives. 
So I hope that you guys enjoyed that. I hope that the breakdown at the end of the key takeaways gave you something to focus on because whenever I get into articles like this that are based on some sort of scientific studies or even something that flies in the face of well-established self-help principles and general psychology, I know it can be a little bit hard to pivot to these new ideas. But it's really interesting because the core of this episode was about the fact that habits are established when there's an immediate response and outcome. And as we all know, there is nothing about forming new fitness habits or a new fit lifestyle, I ought to say, um, that has an immediate response. This is stuff that takes dedication consistently sustained over an extended period of time to start seeing results. And it doesn't matter what results you're looking for. If you're trying to run further, get more flexible, put on more muscle, any of these things is going to take time. So the idea that you can form a habit around the behaviors that you have to perform to see those results really just doesn't work. So what we're talking about here, what you really want to start focusing more on is not so much the result and how to automate behaviors to trick yourself into engaging in them without thought. It's about finding those things that will happen because you perform a behavior that will be enough to motivate you to keep doing them. And I think the fitness industry gets this wrong a little bit when they talk about break your goals down into small milestones, right? It'll say, you know, focus on the next week, not the next month or things like that. And that's important, but even that isn't going to be enough to overcome a, a daily habit of, you know, like the example I gave during the episode, calling for takeout instead of cooking the healthy foods you bought. So it's the behaviors that you're engaging in that are going to move you forward towards your goal and then being aware of the behaviors that you might need to be overcoming that are making you take a few steps back. And this isn't about being 100% perfect all of the time, but I think it's just a much more realistic way to look at lifestyle change because in recent years, there's been a massive emphasis on habit formation, um, almost a little bit obsessively in the life coaching, self-help kind of industry. And these papers really blew that up for me and gave me a new way to look at it. So I hope it did that for you too. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in as always. And little announcement as well. If you did find me at the Fixing Fitness with Kelly Instagram account, you may have noticed I posted in the bio there that that is now a private non-used account. All of my content is being migrated back over to the kellym.roach Instagram account. So that is where you will see all of the podcast posts. That's where you'll see all of the workouts and recipes that I'm posting. And that is where you can go and um, check in and get those free downloads that I talk about at the start of every episode as well. So one more time, thank you so much for tuning in. Send it to a friend who would be interested in the topic. And I will see you guys in my next episode. Bye-bye.